0: Thank you. Matthew and Kalyan, Happy New Year, guys. Appreciate it very much. I've been thinking a lot about gifts uh, these last handful of weeks. So have you. Gifts that we would give and gifts that we receive. Sometimes we give gifts to those we love and we send them from the post office, wait in long lines. Maybe we send them throughout the the country of the world we went shopping for gifts, others we hand delivered uh, maybe during dinner parties that we were a part of and able to look in the eyes of the person that you give that gift to and enjoy that, expressing our appreciation, we do that through gift to giving. We receive gifts and we give gifts sometimes it's easier to recall what you gave than what you received and I thought about that and I got me thinking about the best gifts that I have received and then I started thinking about those little uh, clay things that my kids would make in grade school and I have mugs or you know a jar for pens and then they are done in a circle they've been glazed and I have a whole bunch of them hanging around the house or in my office They're great gifts because they remind me of God's faithfulness in my family. just reminds me of my family and God's faithfulness in my family. And I think that's the thing about gift giving, receiving gifts and giving gifts. It reminds us, ultimately, of God's faithfulness in our lives. God's faithfulness as we give gifts, as we are able to give, as we are able to receive. At least that's what seems to be going on in our Christmas story this morning, out of the Gospel According to Matthew. Our passage comes from Matthew's account of Jesus' life and times. Uh, the, The Christ child has been born. Mary and Joseph hold the child and they're ready for the responsibility. It appears that they're at a home when visitors come knocking on the door, much like the shepherds did. Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. Hear God's word. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? For we have observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened and all Jerusalem with him. Then Herod secretly called the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go, search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. The word of the Lord, thanks be to God. You know, as we read God's word and we we say that together, the word of the Lord, thanks be to God. it's It's a response in saying, God, speak to us. Speak to us now through your word open up our hearts, illuminate our minds. We have been forgiven and set free and through your son, Jesus Christ. And so now with courage, we hear God's word and we respond. So we're listening for what God has for us as we start this new year. If Matthew was a contemporary writer, his work probably would be among the best sellers. The way he crafts this story, how the wise men come to visit Jesus. The story of the wise men is packed with human drama. There is, there's a, a political conspiracy behind it all. As the story unfolds, the first scene, a group of travelers that show up are the magi, the, the wise men. They're interstellar astrophysicists from the east whose job is to observe the heavens and then inform people what is going on. This is what the heavens are telling us. This is what we are to look for, what we are to look out for, how we are to prepare what is significant and happening in the stars. And so they come to Jerusalem and they say, we have seen a star. Where is the child to be born king of the Jews? Now the current king um, naturally feels threatened He's struck with fear, so much fear that it spills out into the city streets. In Jerusalem, everybody's talking, what's going to happen? There's change in the wind. Did you see those guys coming in here? Something's up. Herod's afraid. But Herod's a shrewd politician. He'll squash any threat before it gathers traction. So his strategy, which is very fascinating here, his strategy is to call for a bible study they all gather together all right everybody get your bibles out let's find out what's going on what does the bible have to say about the star about a newborn king a king of the jews he gathers all the scribes and the learned religious leaders scholars they know their bible So they open up to Micah chapter 5 verse 2 and confirm, yes, the scriptures have been telling us this, that the Messiah will come and will be born in Bethlehem of Judea. Well, you know the rest of the story. We know how it turns out. Herod tells the wise men, you go find the child so that I can too worship him. I imagine the wise men looking at each other. Not voicing it, but just going, ha-ha, fat chance, wicked king, we're not coming back to you. The wise men find the Messiah. The star has stopped over the house where Jesus and Mary and Joseph are. And like the poor shepherds, you remember from Christmas Eve, they knocked on the door where they were, and then they came, and they were filled with joy when they found the baby in a manger, the sign So too for the wise men, as they enter the home, they see the child and his mother, and they are filled with joy, so much so that they open up their treasure chests. I've never really paid attention to this before, but there they are. You can just imagine, they're in the house, and they have these, bring in the treasure, all right, and they open up the treasure chest, and they go, okay, what, what gifts would be good for this newborn king what should we offer this king it's really fascinating you know because there are three gifts often the legend is oh there were three wise men Well, we're not sure could have been many many more but there are three gifts and these three gifts reflect god's faithfulness to humanity the first is gold Gold is a gift to a king. It's a royal gift. Remember what the angel said to Mary, your son will be great and will be called the son of the highest, and the Lord shall give him the throne of his ancestor David, and in his kingdom there will be no end. Matthew here is introducing the king, but a different type of king, a shepherd king, one who rules not by force, But will guide and love through grace and mercy who will ultimately express his love not with a crown but with a cross gold second is frankincense it's said to be a gift of a priest sweet perfume used in temple sacrifice remember the story of luke when john the baptist's father He's in the temple, and he's burning incense. And all the people are waiting outside, and they're praying. They know that he's offering this incense up to God on behalf of the people. He's a priest. And Jesus is king of king. He rules humanity on behalf of God, indeed. But he is the high priest. And he ministers on behalf of humanity to God. Like Zechariah was, he was ministering to the people on behalf of the people to God. So Jesus does that for us, and he stands with us. He's for us in his fullness. We have received grace upon grace, as, as John tells us, grace upon grace. He's the high priest. He rules on behalf of humanity to God, but he ministers on behalf of you and me. And third is the myrrh, and it's said that this is a gift of one who is going to die. You may remember the story in John where Nicodemus comes to Jesus at night. He has all these questions, and Jesus spends time with him. Later in the Gospel of John, Nicodemus shows up again. Here, Nicodemus is defending Jesus among his colleagues, and his colleagues catch it and they say, Are you among his followers as well? And he takes some ridicule, this Pharisee. And at the end of the Gospel of John, chapter 19, Nicodemus shows up again. Here he is. He appears at the cross. He helps bring the body of Jesus down from the cross, he's helping with the burial. And this guy, he shows up with a hundred pounds, as it tells us in John chapter 19, a hundred pounds of myrrh. A hundred pounds of myrrh, a gift of myrrh. The gift of myrrh reminds us at Christmas of the story of Jesus, the Messiah's birth, and his death. Moreover, at the end of the story of the wise men as they go and depart on their way, the next couple verses, <laughs> the family must flee to Egypt because they have been told, Joseph was told in a dream that Herod is out for the child, and so they have to flee to Egypt. And when you think about these gifts that these wise men, maybe that's why we call them wise, they're very wise gifts. Because they're easily transportable, aren't they? You can put them in a bag and you can carry them. But they're highly valuable. These gifts were the currency, the assurance of their protection, the assurance of God's faithfulness in their lives. And they could go to Egypt and survive and be cared for. And all those travels reminded of God's providence in their lives. So, dear friends, we've all been given the greatest gift. The greatest gift, the King Jesus born unto us. God appears through his only Son, the gift to us, our Redeemer. He became flesh and lived among us, full of grace and truth, Emmanuel, of God with us. And so, in response, what are we to do? Like the wise travelers from the east who are filled with joy as they receive this gift, as they see the king, as they see the newborn king, they respond and they give. So how will you respond this year? Let's think about that for a moment. How will you respond in giving this year? What gifts do you want to offer your family, your friends, your work, your neighbors, What gifts do you have to offer? Maybe in some situations it will be the gift of courage. You can stand with courage and help another. Maybe it will be the gift of mercy. Maybe it will be the gift of hope in a hopeless situation. You can stand with hope and help another. Maybe you can offer the the gift of listening Understanding and supporting. The Apostle Peter, you remember him. He's the one who went fishing with Jesus. He has a great story. He was always the first one to say, I will stand with you. No matter what happens to you, Jesus, I will be with you. And then, of course, you know, he denies Christ. Later he's restored and later he becomes the rock who will. Christ will establish his church. Well, Peter is writing to the first century church and he says this, like good stewards of God's grace, serve one another with whatever gift you have received. As good stewards of God's grace the grace of god serve one another with whatever gifts you have received i was thinking about that as stewards you know often we think we're stewards of of money and we are of course but think about that stewards of god's grace we have been given the gift of grace and now we're called to steward that grace And to share it and to use it to encourage to be a light to bring hope and joy and we share and steward that grace with the gifts that you received some of you are very welcoming you're filled with joy and when people walk onto the campus they are feel welcome because you have that gift. Some of you have the gift of service. Some of you have the gift of wisdom. You know, our elders, when they gather together and we're meeting, they, I've told you this before. You're going to go, I've heard this already, but I'm going to say it again. I don't think any corporation could afford the wisdom and the imagination, the energy, and the love that comes from our elders And our deacons, those who serve us and serve this church, they have gifts. And they're stewarding those gifts. You and I have gifts to steward that reflect the gift of God's grace in our lives. So that's the question. What gift are you going to offer the congregation, your faith family, your church family, your home family, your neighborhood, your work? What gifts are you going to offer? Because you have received... The gift of grace we all have received a gift and this morning this gift is reflected in a meal that Christ has prepared for us and this is a meal that as they gathered together in the upper room Jesus washed their feet he says you are my disciples and I love you and as they reclined at the table
1: Jesus took the bread, and after giving thanks, he broke it. And he said, this is my body that has been broken for you. Whenever you eat of this, remember me. Let's receive the bread of life.
0: Amen. And in the same way, at the end of the meal, he took the cup. And he says, this cup is a new covenant in my blood poured out for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink this, dear friends, remember me. Remember the grace in your life, the gift of grace that supports you, that nourishes you, that reminds you that Christ has claimed you as his own. So friends, let's receive as a sign of unity the cup together. Whenever we eat of the bread and drink of the cup, we together proclaim the birth, the life, and the death of our risen Lord until he comes again. Amen.
1: Amen. As we receive communion together, we are reminded of the ultimate sacrifice. The gift of grace and love extended to us through our Savior Jesus. And we respond. We respond in giving our hearts, our souls, our mind, our strength, all that we are and all that we have. Giving is an act of worship. It's an act of trust. And we have been challenged to extend God's gracious gift to one another. And one of the ways we also give is through the ministries of TPC that are local, that are global. God has extended generosity in abundance to us, and we give. With generosity and compassion I'd like to invite our ushers forward you can give online you can give in the offering baskets but let's take this time and lift our offering before God God thank you for your compassion your mercy your forgiveness God your grace God we pray that we will live our lives generously compassionately and give to one another in ways that you challenge us personally, but also as your body. So God, we also give to further your work in this world, to bring healing, to bring restoration, to bring hope, to bring light in the midst of darkness. We trust you. Multiply these gifts for your purpose by the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.